I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I have Tracy Kenny. She is a local runner currently training for a marathon. She has uh, previously trained for a triathlon. She is part of the Run Happy team with Brooks. And just excited to have you here. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, you know, my first question is, how did you get into running? <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? <laughs> um, wow. I I was not athletic as a kid. You know, I was your typical, I started playing soccer when I was four, did that to like 11, 12, maybe your middle, or your middle school sports, always B team. I wasn't very good. Um, fast forward to high school and I at least tried. I uh, went to the two-a-days for volleyball. It was my freshman year and I basically was going to be a bench warmer because in order to play on the team, you had to run a mile under eight minutes. And if you couldn't, you'd be out there every day having to do that. And if you couldn't do it, then you just sit there and do nothing for the rest of the practice. So I quit. <laughs> um, I tried. I just could never do it. And then I just was tired of viewing running as a punishment. Um, I just didn't see that. I, I guess I get it. But at the same time, it's volleyball. Why do I really need to run a mile under eight minutes to play the volleyball? Anyway, so fast forward to maybe 25, 26, mid-20s. Um, I'm, you know, living single in the Dallas Metroplex in Texas, which is where I'm from, and wasn't the most healthy life. I had, you know, put on some pounds and just wasn't sleeping well and eating well and drinking well and just wasn't healthy overall and started to not like how I looked. So I think um, for a lot of non-kid high school, college runners, I entered into it just from the weight loss perspective and which maybe isn't necessarily great because then you start to equate running X many miles to, you know, get rid of all of the calories you just consumed. Um, but luckily I did running in addition to an at-home program and eventually just started to really like running because I think I was just slowly getting better at it. And once you start to get better at it, you enjoy it more. Um, so yeah, and I think I did maybe a couple of 5Ks out in the Dallas area. We moved to Albuquerque in May, June of 2018. And I signed up for my first 10K that fall, the Duke City, and had a blast and was like, okay, let's do more of this. I think I did another 10K at the Run for the Zoo that next May. And then I'm like, all right, let's try half marathon. Like, I'm just like, let's just keep going. Let's see what I can do here. And that's kind of how I got into it. <laughs> I will say it is a lot harder to run at altitude than it is at sea level. <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that transition from 
you know, uh, that sea level up to 5,000 feet, it's a, so it takes your breath away a little bit. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, I would say that first week for sure was rough, really rough. And then honestly, I, I had people tell me, you know, oh, give it six months and you'll be back to your Dallas paces. And that just has not happened. Uh, three years later, here we are, and I'm still not at my Dallas paces. Um, so there may be other factors that are going into that and not just the altitude. I'm not sure. But uh, the running has definitely gotten easier, but the paces have not shown that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, one that's, uh, I think there's a lot of people that come kind of from where you're coming from, like you talked about, like getting into running after high school, after college, because it it is that easy way when you see people like losing weight, it's either they're dieting, dieting or they're running you know when they talk about exercise that's usually right that's usually that entry point is well i'll just go for a run it's easy i just need yeah. a pair of shoes and i can just you know get out there but I, I i do also think you know there are a lot of people like you that just kind of they find their groove in it and they fall in love with it and I, I love hearing stories of people talking about that i ran a 5k and i was like oh this was kind of fun and i did another one and then i did that and you know and just kind of jumping and jumping so what made you i guess make that jump from just trying it out just okay this will help me lose weight to i want to actually do a race oh wow um honestly i think it was social media um just i had started to follow a handful of accounts that were now fitness related and not just you know family and friends that i've met from college and work and, you know, old high school friends and whatnot. Um, and just seeing some of them do races and, you know, have their hashtag metal Monday proud post. And I'm like, okay, I could do this. It's just three miles, no big deal. So I think that's what it was. It was so long ago at this point. It's kind of hard to remember. I mean, that's, I mean, social media is, has its ups and downs, right? It's positives and negatives. And yes. I mean, that is definitely one. I mean, when you get in with the crowd and, and running races and stuff, it can be very inclusive, right? It can kind of pull you in. You know, the downside is you can sometimes be spending a lot of money depending on the race and the distance. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, but the community can be uh, very welcoming. Um, which is nice. Were you part of a, of a running group at that time when you started or are you just kind of doing it on your own? No, or? I was doing it completely on my own. I remember my first 5k, I think it was one of those ones at night where I think there's what's called the firefly 5k and you like get all glowy. <laughs> it was in Plano, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. And it was humongous. There were so many people there, but I convinced my, a few of my friends and I don't know how I convinced them because they were not running or really doing much of any exercising at that time. And we all just, you know, we got all dressed up and had fun and um, we each kind of ran at our own pace. It was no big deal. And then just at the end for cheering on the ones that were finishing, you know, after and yeah, it was, it was a good time. That's pretty awesome. Did any of them continue with the running like you did? 
No, <laughs> I think they still look at me from the from the sidelines like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Especially when I told them about the uh, marathon training, like what enjoyment comes from running 26.2 miles? And I'm like, well, I'll tell you, just let me get there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I definitely want to want to get to that because I, I find that I haven't done a marathon yet. And I find that experience to be something I want to try. I'm not quite ready for that yet, but <laughs> it's a big commitment. It is. It is. Absolutely. So what brought you to New Mexico? So my husband is actually born and raised Albuquerque. He um grew up here and went off to he's I think he did a couple years at UNM and then he went off to Kansas for college for his uh, last two years and he has some family up there so that's how that connection was made then he wound up in the Dallas Metroplex for a job he actually wound up at the company that I still work for and that's how we met <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I've only ever lived in the Dallas Metroplex which is huge um and very sprawling a lot of people but very flat very humid <laughs> and really kind of just not much else to see other than like concrete um and he had obviously taken me back to albuquerque a few times uh to visit his family and stuff while we were dating and we went up to angel fire which is beautiful and just being around mountains and being in this dry weather it was just so nice. And we had started to entertain maybe moving somewhere. And originally we were looking at Austin, um, Texas, but it just kind of felt like Dallas 2.0. I mean, it has hill country, which is close and that's really pretty and really nice, but it's booming and the weather is even more humid because you're closer to the Gulf. And, you know, we we're I was really enticed by the weather here and the mountains and just also kind of we like to joke that albuquerque is like is like a uh, it's a big town not like a city because literally the first week we were here we'd be going places someone would like recognize him or recognize his last name and i'm like how is that happening like this is a a one of the biggest cities in new mexico and or maybe the biggest city it's like, how does that happen? It feels like we're in a small town out in the country or something. So anyway, um, but yes, yeah, so we're, you know, he threw out Albuquerque and I was like, okay, let's do this. So that's how we ended up here. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the the humidity versus the dryness because I was going to ask you. Oh, I have, yeah, I have family in Fort Worth and it is, oh man, when when we used to go visit them, in the summer, it was just brutal. It just, we, we could barely be, and that was as kids, like, you know, when, yeah. you know, he doesn't matter, you just run out, you do whatever. And I just remember just being like, we couldn't be outside very long. And then we were back in the air conditioning as soon as we could, <laughs> like, dying. Yeah, we were actually just there this last weekend um, to visit our nephew, who was born right before the pandemic. Um, so this was our first time getting to see him, which was very exciting. But we walked outside of the hotel that morning to head over to my brother and sister-in-law's. And it's like the wave of humidity just kind of suffocates you. And you're outside for like 10 minutes. 
waiting for your Uber and you're just dripping in sweat. And it's like, how did I live this life? <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Yeah. Or run in it. It's like, how do people run in it? I don't even know how I was running in that. It's, it's intense. Yeah. I can't, I just, I just can't even imagine just, I mean, I guess that's why, you know, some of the big races there are like in the winter time. Cause it's, it's the only time you can really race. Yeah. Cause I think Dallas does their big BMW marathon and it's usually in December. Yeah. And, and the, the Houston, better. <laughs> right. And, and Houston, uh, marathons in January, early yeah. mid January, something like that. So yeah, it's <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, we had talked a little bit beforehand and, and I remember when I first found your Instagram, I think you may have actually, you, I think you may have followed me first. Or I followed you off of somebody else. I can't remember, but I remember one of the first things I saw was you were training for a triathlon. And so yes. how did that kind of come about? So my husband has done a sprint try. He will do running, but very much prefers cycling and swimming. Um, he did a sprint try while we were in Texas and he's always talked about doing another one and he's always been convincing me to join him. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't even own a bike. I couldn't even tell you the last time I even tried to swim proper form. Um, so fast forward to us moving to Albuquerque and we have the wonderful Bosky trail close to us. And, uh, bought a bike because I started to get jealous that he would go out on Saturdays or Sundays for like 25 mile uh, bike rides. And I'm like, okay, I finished my long run. I wish I was out there cycling. Um, so yeah, we bought a bike and I, I got into that. And then he took me to a local gym, sports and wellness, and we got a membership so we could try out the pool and try out swimming, which I have to say is way harder than I remember. I mean, I think when I first started, I was documenting it on my Instagram. I could maybe go down a lap and back and I was winded as could be. And I'm like, how, how am I getting so exhausted from this? I can go out here and run like 10 miles. I don't understand or cycle for 20 miles. Like, but man, swimming was just, it's a whole other beast. Um, but in a good way, you know, it was kind of nice to be humbled and like put back in your spot of like, Ooh, something, something new for you to learn. Um, so yeah, we, we did that a couple of times just to make sure I could master the swimming potentially before we signed up and committed and we signed up, we were going to do a, a local sprint try the Lobo triathlon. And that was going to be in April of 2020. <laughs> and we all know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so pandemic had other plans and that got canceled. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing that. And that's at least from from when I had started following you, I, you know, I saw you okay, you're training for a triathlon. And then obviously the pools were closed. And it seemed like that's from from again, my perspective, joining in a little bit later, that's when you kind of started picking up some more of the running. Um, but you talked about you know, doing a half marathon before and yeah. what was, what was that like when you kind of wrapped your head around, Oh, I can, okay, I've done a 10 K I'll try a half marathon. <sighs> yeah. Um, 
half marathons, they're, they're hard. Like it is significantly harder than a 10 K and maybe I, I'm trying to remember my first 10 K if I thought it was significantly harder than the 5 K. Obviously it is harder, but there's just something different about going from six to 13. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. It's hard to pinpoint it, but, um, you know, obviously I had done a couple of 10 Ks at that point and I'm like, okay, what's next? Let's do this. And, uh, committed to the half marathon. And I think that's when I, I'm trying to remember if it was my first half marathon, um, Actually, no. So my first half marathon, I just downloaded a free, I think it's Hal Higdon's training for like novice one beginner. Um, and I just laminated, I was so excited. I went to like a local like like UPS store and got it laminated and put it on the refrigerator and bought like the little magnetic uh, uh, dry erase marker. Um, but yeah, so I'd cross off each day as I was doing it, feeling so proud. I'm like, I got this, I got this. And um, towards the end of the training plan, they were, <laughs> I think the max miles they had me run was maybe like nine or 10. I want to say it was 10. And I, I had a freak out moment. I went to Instagram and like was pleading for suggestions because I'm like, there's no way I can run another 5k. Like there's no way I'm not mentally prepared for this. I'm not physically prepared for it. Cause you know, Running is just still so, I feel like it's still so new to me. There's so much I don't know. Um, and, you know, I had some people message me, uh, some members from the Duke's Track Club even, and were like, you got this. Like, you can do 10. It's it's all in your head from there. Like, you can do this. Like, and they're like, you know, if, if it makes you feel better, feel better, get out there and run an 11 or a 12 um, before the race, you know, like uh, two weeks before but they're like, you really don't need to do it. And I was like, oh, I think you're wrong, even though you're like way more experienced than me. Um, but yeah, I didn't do it. Obviously, <laughs> I just listened to them and I was like, OK, and just listen to them, follow the training and then went out there and did my first half. And, you know, it was hard. Uh, I learned a lot from it. I started out way too fast. I feel like that is um, very common with runners. I think it's just the adrenaline and there's just everything, you know, you're there at race day, like you're, you're nervous cause it's your first one. And then the adrenaline cause everybody's hyped. And I started out way too fast with a lot of obviously the last five K of it, my pace has dropped and I was struggling, but I did not give up. I wanted to so bad, but I did not, I was like, no, you were going to do this because they told you you could and the training, the training plan says you could do it. So you were going to do it. And I slowed down, but I did it. And it was the best feeling. Like I had tears coming to my eyes because I was just, I was so proud of myself, A, for accomplishing it, but for B, for not giving up, you know, like, I think that's one thing that, I think that's maybe one reason why I keep pushing myself with running because I was never really quote unquote athletic, you know, and I quit sports when I was a kid because basically I was told I wasn't good enough, which, you know, not everybody's going to be great at sports. That's neither here or there. But so now there's just like this internal part of me that's like, you can do this, like show yourself, like prove it to yourself, just put in the work. It may not be at person A's pace or person B's pace, and it doesn't matter, but 
just put in the work, commit, dedicate, and just keep trying. So, and just keep progressing. And so that's kind of, you know, a couple of 5Ks, couple of 10Ks, I've got the half now and hey, let's try a marathon. <laughs> well, and I think that is kind of the coolest thing about running is your goals can change so much to from just I want to finish this. I want to prove to myself that I can finish it. And whether that's a 5K, a mile, a half marathon, an ultra marathon, you have people at all those levels that are just, I just want to prove that I can finish this. And then you can go deeper. You can go, oh, well, I, I did it. I proved that. And now I want to see, well, can I get a better time? Can I improve on this? Can I get faster? Right. Can I... You know, you have all those different levels without having to necessarily compare yourself to someone else, even though I think that that's a natural <laughs> part of it, you know, especially yes. if you're in the running community to look at someone else and be like, oh, how come I'm not as fast as them? I feel like I'm doing everything they're doing. Why are Absolutely. they? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very hard to not get caught up in all of that. Yeah, but it, it's, I think it's great, you know, the first, especially your first times doing this, like really focusing in on just that. I I can finish this and so maybe you have a time, maybe you don't, but I, I'm going to get through and I'm going to prove that this is something that I, I can do, which is, like I said, it's just one of the, I think, reasons that it can be so easy for people to kind of get into the sport is because you can it, it really is just it can be just you it doesn't have to be time or um, comparing even though that's where it sometimes goes <laughs> yeah yeah um i had signed up to do the duke's half again in october of 2020 <laughs> um you know the first time the first half that was my first half in 19 uh, the Duke's half and it was just to finish. That was my goal, preferably without stopping to walk, which I succeeded. And so the second time around, it's like, okay, let's do this again. I know the course. I know what it feels like now. I've gone through the training. I hired a coach, um, which was nice because that was helping with pacing. And I was, you know, setting some new personal bests with like five K's and 10 K's throughout the training, which was just it's such a good feeling, you know, and um, they're fast times for me. <laughs> but, you know, obviously that that half didn't happen because of the, the pandemic. But um, fast forward to now where I'm marathon training and it's like I'm just kind of back to square square one again, where it's like this is my first time trying it. So it's goal is to finish. I'm I'm not worried about my overall time. Obviously, I'm a little worried about pacing just so I don't start out too fast and hit a wall um, only from that aspect. But I know it's going to be a long 26.2 miles just because of the pace I'm you know, anticipating to run it at. But that's OK. Um, I'm mentally preparing for that. And my goal is just to finish it this time. And once again, preferably without stopping to walk. But my husband keeps telling me that even if you have to walk for a minute or two, you're still a marathoner if you finish it, which I'm still kind of questioning that. There's just a, there's a, there's just a part of me that's like, no, you have to run the whole thing, even if it's slow jogging. <laughs> Not to discount all the marathoners out there that maybe walked a little bit. 
I think, you know, it's, it's fascinating. And I don't know if it really happens, you know, with other sports, but runners always, you know, not always, but tend to, you know, qualify things like, well, I'm a runner if I do this. I, I'm not a runner yet because I haven't done this or I'm not fast enough to be a runner. I'm a jogger or, and I, I think that, it, and I don't know necessarily where it comes from. Maybe it came from, you know, the, the eighties jogging boom when, you know, it was runners and joggers and, and this and that. And I mean, if you're out there and you're running, whether you walk a little bit or not, you're a runner, you're a marathoner, you're, you know, whatever. And so I guess, have you, have you struggled with that? Like considering yourself a runner? Absolutely. Um, I would say it, it's a constant struggle, you know, touching back on social media. I mostly utilize Instagram and I feel like, you know, it has its ups and downs and the downs is when you do follow a lot of people that are much more experienced and because they're much more experienced, that is a reason as to why they are much faster than I am. They've been doing this for a lot longer. You know, they were maybe born and bred here in Albuquerque. So altitude is no big deal for them. Um, you know, there's plenty of reasons or they're just naturally better. It's just, you know, God given talent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to not, you know, go down the rabbit hole of starting to question, am I really a runner? I'm kind of just a jogger. Like if we're being honest, I'm kind of just a jogger. Um, or, you know, if I did stop, you know, if I did stop to walk, for example, in the half, like, can I really call myself a half marathoner? Like I didn't even slow jog the whole thing. I had to stop to walk. Like it is kind of sad. Cause I do think you're right. There's something about us runners. There's some terrible negative self-talk that we do uh, to ourselves that we really should work on. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, it's not true. And it, it's so much easier to say that's not true but it, than it is to actually believe it. And I think because of social media, it's because you're seeing that stuff every day. So you just pop onto that comparison wagon of like, well, look at what they're doing. I'm doing the exact same thing. Why am I not like that? So it, it's tough and I still struggle with it. I'm going to be brutally honest. I'm not perfect. You know, like I, I see what people are doing and I think, why, why am I not like that? You know, I foresee myself at the end of this marathon training journey, finishing the marathon at a certain time and being like, oof, that's a terrible time. Like I, it's sad because like I'm already envisioning myself doing the negative self-talk at the end of this, which is so bad. I know that. <laughs> so I think, I think what I need to do right now is just be like, those thoughts are entering, let them sit for a second and then just boot them out because girl, you just did 26.2 miles. Like who cares how long it took you? So yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to not let that stuff get in the way of viewing yourself as a runner for sure. No. And I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit beforehand again, where you were surprised that I asked you to, to be on the podcast. <laughs> and 
and and and it's this kind of stuff that I think resonates with people who I mean not only not only people that that may be in the same boat as you that don't feel like they're runners that don't feel like they're fast enough that don't feel good enough uh, for for lack of a better term right but I mean I, you know I was chatting with you I mean I even I I don't consider myself slow but I've you know, look at other people's stuff on Strava and, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to be like, oh man, I want to be running as fast as, <laughs> as this guy. I want to, wow, they went up to the foothills and did that pace and I'd be <laughs> exactly I'd be dying. And so it, it is, it's so easy to compare yourself because you know what it takes, right? You know how it feels, you know what it does. And I think that's part of it is you, you can see like, I, again, I'm kind of doing that same thing, and I think that's it's very hard to to distance yourself from it. But at the same time, it's very healthy to <laughs> distance yourself from it, and and like you said, do that. Make sure you're having that positive self talk of I can't let that. I'm I'm you're gonna finish a marathon. I mean, right? There's a decent amount of people that finish a marathon, but it's still a small percentage of the, you know, the population. Like that's a huge thing still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, not to complete, I hate to 100% discount social media because I do think there are a lot of great things that come from it for sure. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's motivating to see people's paces and <laughs> it's like, Hmm, maybe I could, you know, maybe I could, try that and like see what it feels like and have I kind of been slacking and shortchanging myself have I really been pushing it did I give it 100 for today or did I really just kind of give it 85 because I was tired from work um so you know there is the beauty in that but yes I I was a little shocked like I just feel when you asked for me to be on the podcast you know I like I said I feel like such a a newbie runner <laughs> um and feel like I don't know a lot, but I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think, you know, again, that's part of it. Nobody knows everything there is, right? Like just with anything else, um, you know, the good coaches are still going out there and looking at what, what new things are out there or how can I adjust myself for this runner or what, okay, this isn't working for, for this group. How can I change that? How can I do this? And you know, same with, with runners, like you're constantly learning and changing things. And the social media, like you talked about, is a great way to, to do that and, and find workouts and maybe not copy the workout like, oh, well, they did that. I need to go do that. But that's a great workout. How can I, I, I'd like that. How can I fit that into what I'm already doing? Or absolutely, again, building, building a community. You know, I just saw uh, recently with your marathon training, you were a little worried about your marathon pace and kind of reached out to to the Insta Instagram group and were like, is this too slow? Is this too fast? What am I? And, and, and having that support system around you, which I think is, is kind of amazing. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, I was struggling because I'm only in week two and you know, I have an idea of what I think my marathon pace would be. It's hard to know that when you've never run one. 
And I'm using the uh, Peloton training because we already have the app and they have a road to 26.2 training program specifically designed for people in their first marathons. They, they say you could, you know, modify it if you wanted to just improve times and it's your second or third or whatever. But anyway, so they, what they like to do a lot of is it's all audio based since we're running outside and they're just kind of talking you through your run and explaining, okay, pick it up to this pace, pick it up to this pace or slow it down. Um, but it's all through rate of perceived exertion. So they're like, okay, you should be at about a six on a scale of one to 10. And I'm like, I don't know what a six is. Like, I think this is what a six would be, but maybe this is really a four. Like I do better with concrete numbers and paces. So I had an idea of what that would be. And I guess being new to this, I always just assumed that my marathon pace is my long run easy pace, which apparently is not true. I learned this yesterday Um, with the help of the Instagram community, you know, like I posed the question because, you know, the coach came on through the Peloton run yesterday and was saying how my easy long run paces should be one to two minutes slower than what my marathon pace is going to be. And I was like, oh, man. I'm about to be out there for really long, long runs on the weekends. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I just went to Instagram and asked the question, just kind of get an idea. It's like, how do you, how do you come up with this magical number if you've never run the race before? And it was really nice to get the feedback through comments and DMs. And now I found the answer and it's, it's pretty close to what I was expecting. So I'm glad to know that I wasn't too far off regarding the marathon pace. I just maybe need to take it slightly slower for the long runs throughout the training program. So right. yeah, it was, it was good. It's, it's nice to have that community to just kind of pop a, pop a question out to, and you get all the, you get all the answers and feedback. I mean, obviously each person is different and no, none of them are professionals. <laughs> um, but you know, judge it with a grain of salt and then did a little bit of my own research after I had a starting point, which was helpful. Right. And that's, and that's, I think the important part is there's so many people who are, who are helpful, which is great. And you do have to like, okay, everybody's different. What's going to work for me. Um, but it, it is, like I said, it's awesome that you're able to kind of get an idea. And at the same time, anybody else who's following you who might be kind of wondering the same thing. Now there's like some ideas that they can like, oh, well, maybe I'll look at that. Maybe I can check that out. Which yeah. Kind of, you know, absolutely. brings around bigger, which is again, I, I just the whole community around running can be so helpful, which is, you know, part of, a big part of the the appeal for it. I, I yeah. for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Now, are you still mostly training by yourself? Are you looking to kind of start running with a group again now that things are kind of settling? (laughs) Yeah, easing back into normalcy again. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm very much a kind of shy person, I think, from the start. Once I kind of get to know you a little bit, I I warm up pretty quickly and you'd never think that I was, you know, shy and introverted from the get go. Um, So, you know, we moved here in 18 and it was late 19, early 2020. And my husband's like, you should maybe try to find a run group. And I was like, okay, I could do this. 
I had heard of the Duke's Track Club, um, and some of them might be listening to this, but it's a little intimidating. Just as a slower runner, um, I had been a couple of times, um, but yeah, it's like sometimes you just, I don't know, you feel like you're at the back of the pack. <laughs> so it's like, why, why am I here when I'm kind of running by myself? Um, I could just do this on my own time. So I had found a separate group. They were the uh, badass lady gang. They have different groups all over the country, but I think maybe they, she disconnected from that and just kind of created like a specific Albuquerque or New Mexico group. Um, we move New Mexico in him. Right. And that was great. It was just, you know, a bunch of women, just like your everyday average woman, just getting out for a run. I mean, they're badasses. Like, you know, some of them were doing ultras and I'm like, hi, I'm just training for a half marathon. <laughs> um, but it was all different paces, which was really nice. And there's something empowering about being with a group of women out there running and you just kind of feel like you're conquering the world in a way. But, you know, then the pandemic happened. So I started that in like January. I want to say it was January of 2020. And so then running, it was such a weird time. My husband and I were talking about this where for so long, women have been told, don't go run by yourself, like run in a group. It's safer. Then all of a sudden, oh, don't run in groups, run by yourself. It's safer. And it's like, oh, okay. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there was a lot of solo running since then. And I have entertained the idea of starting to pop back out there. I did actually notice a new group um, local to Albuquerque, or I think they also are part Albuquerque, part UK, the good blokes jogging. Yes. And I'm like, oh, they have jogging in their name. Maybe <laughs> I could totally show up for a church of the Sunday long run <laughs> um, and, you know, do my slow long runs with them at a jogging pace and feel like I'm with people. But for right now, I have just started marathon training by myself. Um, you know, I've listened to some people and I, I think there's pros and cons to that. Um, and I think I would see more of the cons coming later in the training when it's going to get tougher, potentially, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I think it would be a good idea for me to start popping back out there, getting into a group, at least for like those long runs on Saturday or Sunday, you know, when I'm going to be questioning why I even signed up for this. <laughs> Especially in this heat, for sure. Oh, wow. Yes. I don't know what's going on here in Albuquerque, but it should not be this hot yet. <laughs> no, but, but you are right. You know, the um, good blokes jogging, you know, I saw them pop, pop up and it does seem less, less intimidating, right? Like, jogging yeah. instead of track club or you know like <laughs> things like that uh, yeah and and i think they're doing wednesdays and sundays and that's you know that's awesome i mean it, it's i don't think you can ever have too many running groups because people oh, agreed yeah i mean you can jump around to whatever fits your needs for that day or that week or or whatever and and you're gonna meet people in all of them that are going to be helpful to your journey, which is again, just amazing. Yeah. I, there is a part of me that's like, maybe I should just suck it up and go to the Dukes though. Cause I follow the chef and it's like, I watched his journey where he just like 
became insanely fast. I'm like, okay, maybe this is what I need, even though I'm not focusing on pace right now, but just for, you know, shorter distances, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I should just, you know, get out of my comfort, like comfort zone and go say hi <laughs> and get out there and run a little harder than I would maybe push myself or just by myself. I, I I would recommend it. I think you should. I haven't had an opportunity. Just I'm still coaching, and but yeah, I think I think like you said, there's there's pros and cons to running by yourself. Pros and cons to running with a group. Uh, but definitely on those long runs, it can help to have somebody else there or around and know like they can hold you accountable or be right next to you talking you through it. You know whatever ends yeah. up working. So. I will say last summer when I was training for what I thought would be my second half marathon, because there was hope that right. it would maybe happen, you know, you're out there and you're logging those long runs in this summer heat, trying to wear a mask the best you can. And it was very difficult. Um, and you're doing it by yourself because don't run in groups, you know, don't be around people that aren't in your bubble. And there was something about, our bosky trail where you just see everybody else doing it. And it, it's kind of like you weren't alone in a way, even though you were. Um, but it's like, you just like, yeah, I see you on that struggle bus. Me too. High five. Well, air five, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was, there was something nice about, there's just some, I don't know. There's something about it when you're out there and you see this many people still being active when it's so hard to be active at that time for all the reasons, but it was good. It was, it's like you weren't there alone in ways. That makes sense for sure. You know, one of the things that I think about, you know, talking about you know, going back to earlier about being a runner is, you know, just about every runner has dealt with some sort of pain or injury and having to deal with, with that and so over that stretch of the break you dealt with an injury that was kind of frustrating for you <laughs> from you know your posts and everything um yeah so how, how did you kind of i guess a, that first feeling of like oh no i'm injured <laughs> and and then that struggle to get healthy how did that go for you you know a part of me today still I feel weird saying that I was injured and I think it's because I don't have actual concrete evidence like imaging showing, Oh, here's the problem. This is how we fixed it. And so that kind of bothers me because I feel weird saying I was injured when it's like, we're all just kind of guessing as to what happened. Um, which, you know, long story short, I, I just run the most miles I'd ever run in my life. And it, significantly increased more than doubled from the previous year. So it's a heavy load <laughs> that I put on myself. Um, and I just remember I went out for a run and all of a sudden kind of in that psoas, hip flexor, groin area, it's all connected. There's so many little muscles down there. Um, it felt weird. Like I just started running and I could, I could feel it tugging and I knew it was off because well, A, I'd never felt that feeling before. And then B, I also wasn't feeling it in the other leg. <laughs> and so I just kind of brushed it off. 
And then, yeah, that was dumb lesson learned. <laughs> um, that, is once another, again, that is another running staple, ignoring the injury. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I quickly realized like it became painful. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll just give it a couple days. Went back out there because I refused to give it more than a couple days. A couple days felt like an eternity. So hop back out there, felt it again. But I was like, I didn't feel it until around maybe like mile three. But I'm like, oh, it's just tugging. It's not painful. It's no, no big deal. So I'll just finish out my seven mile run. Um, so <laughs> by, by mile like five, like it was about five and a half. It was painful. But I was like, no, I'm finishing this. Once again, very stupid. Um, I was in pain that last mile and a half. I was in pain for the rest of the day. It was not happy. So I gave it a week off because I thought, okay, I'll just give it seven days instead of like two days and uh, went back out for a run. And this time I did not actually run. I started to run, felt it and stopped. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself this was in December of 2020. So I gave myself till the end of December. And I was like, if I'm, if I'm not feeling better by the time I jump into a run in January, I'm going to go get some kind of like, you know, imaging, talk to a doctor or something just to make sure. Cause once again, this is all very new for me. You know, I was never athletic. So I, I'm not used to what sports injuries are like and how to deal with those properly and let them heal like they should. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they did some imaging, didn't find anything. He, we just did no running for the month of January because I was able to cycle still and it felt fine. I didn't feel it at all, which was nice that I wasn't losing everything. So I went ham on the Peloton cycle classes indoor at home. Um, it was just keeping me sane for the most part. I it was so hard to think that I couldn't get out there and I just had, I had to move my body in some cardiovascular way. Um, but yeah, so went out for a run again and I still felt it. I felt the tugging. So I immediately stopped, went back to the doctor for the follow-up anyway. And we did an additional two weeks, but this time no working out. And that's, that was extremely tough for me. I, that I think you can definitely find those posts on Instagram very easily because I'm just kind of unleashing my feelings. Um, and you know, part of that is me venting, but a part of me is also like it, I, it's been so nice to see other people do that when they're going through something, instead of just keeping it your highlight reel, it's like, this sucks guys. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my house for two weeks, not being able to do anything at all. I hate this. This is not fun. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the, those two weeks passed of absolutely no working out and I went back out there and, and basically we just kind of came to the conclusion that it was severely inflamed. There was, you know, there was no tears, there was no fractures, all very grateful for those answers. Um, but, you know, at the same time I was that sounds ridiculous, but I was almost hoping that he would see something on the imaging and be like, oh, here's your problem, you know, just because it's, you have your answer. Now we know how to fix it. And then in an X amount of days, you'll be back to, back to running. But anyway, 
Yeah, it just, and you know, if I'm being honest, and I haven't actually talked about this yet on Instagram, I still feel it. So, and it's not every time I'm out there running, like I've noticed it maybe after I've um, exerted myself a little, maybe too much, or if I've just done a really hard, hard workout and I pushed myself really hard later that evening, I feel it. And I think I've just maybe come to the conclusion that this is just something I need to baby. It needs a little extra TLC. So I make sure to take the Epsom salt baths. I'm making sure to do all of my stretching. I have a percussion massage gun that we use. Um, I don't use it on the highest one for that area. <laughs> um, but yeah, so making sure I'm, you know, I'm focusing on my eating now that I'm back into marathon training and staying hydrated and electrolytes and all that stuff. But it has popped up a little bit. It, it hasn't been near to the point that it was. So I think, like I said, I think I've just realized that maybe this is kind of a problem area for me. Like, you know, it's funny. This all happened the week I turned 30 and my husband joked. He's like, welcome to your thirties. And I was like, oh man, this would happen. Like, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, you are still plenty young. So, <laughs> 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 uh that i mean it's it's again i mean that's something that a lot of runners go through right and it's well this is bothering me but i i can run through this this isn't too bad and uh, and to the point of i i had an injury several years ago and it was just literally super tight calves my calf was so tight I'd go out for, for even just a jog. I'd get half a mile and it would just like seize on me. And I would just oh, like, wow. I was limping. And I eventually found a, a sports masseuse who worked it out, gave me some exercises to uh, and stretches to add to my routine and haven't dealt with it to that level since. And it is like, and it's it's consistently, my left calf still gets tight, still have problems there. So I go and see him or <laughs> try to, you know, oh, I have neglected on those stretches. I got to get back on those now. And it is, uh, you know, trying to trying to strike that balance for sure. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing now is just being more proactive. And, you know, I needed to as much as I hated it. I needed to go through that. I needed to go through that. And I'm so glad I went through that before I even thought about doing a marathon um, or signed up for one because I would hate to have done that now um, because now it's taught me you need to do your training. Like you need to do your stretching. Don't, don't find the excuse. Stretch. Take 10 minutes. Stretch it out. Take 10 minutes. Use the, use the massage gun. Like because before – you know, if I would only do those things if my muscles were feeling tight or if I was feeling a little sore. It was all very reactive. And I think that that coupled with ignoring the symptoms when they first started to show up put me in the boat that I was in. Yeah, that's um <laughs> I think many many people have been down that road. I know I have, so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It was a good lesson. It was a good lesson to learn Absolutely. as much as it sucked. Yeah. But. You, you know, you talked about hydration, obviously so important right now in the heat. 
but nutrition, you know, one thing that's on your Instagram page is that you're a vegan and that always fascinates me, you know, making sure, I mean, obviously there's plenty of plant-based ways to get your protein and, and all of that, but it always, it just, it fascinates me because I can't, I, 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 we try to cut out some meat, you know, at least, you know, meatless Mondays or, you know, not necessarily on Monday, there but you we, go. We, we try to, we try to do a little bit as a family, um, you know, but what is, what are some of the things you do to try to keep your, I guess, diet balanced as you're starting to, you know, as you're moving into marathon training, which is going to be adding some more miles to your routine? Yeah. Um, well, I'll be honest up front. Yes, my Instagram bio does say that, but technically there's probably some vegans out there trash talking me right now because I'm not 100% vegan. Um, we like to say we're 95%, you know, vegan, plant-based. We have maybe one or two meals um, a week that might have some cheese <laughs> or might, you know, might have some turkey. Um, so... But for the most part, yeah, and you know, we're very much vegan, plant-based. Um, and, you know, I remember when we first, we've actually been like this since 2017. And um, when when we started to really like work out and stuff, I, I was so caught up in the, oh my gosh, how am I going to get all my protein? Because we're just, we're fed that information, like protein, protein, protein. You know, little did I know how big of a role carbs played and fats too. just all of them. It's not just protein. And then also little did I know how much protein you can get from things that are not meat. Um, there's just there's so like I, I've read a lot. Um, we've watched a lot. We've listened to a lot. And it's it's been a very eye-opening ride being like this. We initially did it in support of his dad, my husband's dad. He was going through some health issues and he had to back off certain foods, pretty much a vegan diet for a little while. So we're like, we'll help, you know, we'll join in. And um, it was just going to be temporary, but we, we felt so much better. Like you just, it's hard to explain, but you do have more energy overall. We're not jumping out of bed with joy every morning. <laughs> I don't want that to be the message that comes across. Like we're not just, oh, alarms up. We're up out of the bed. We don't need coffee. We're doing jumping jacks. We could sprint a mile. Like that's not how it is. But overall, you do have much more energy. You feel less heavy. You, you feel less inflamed. Um, yeah. So I think as far as my kind of, as far as like my diet goes, you know, we eat, a lot of beans, a lot of things like lentils and grains like quinoa and farro and barley and all of that. And, you know, we eat a lot of vegetables. <laughs> we eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of very dark green leafy vegetables. We are a kale house. We, we're here for chard. We're here for all of it. We're here for the broccoli and the cauliflower. Um, you know, I do, I, I'm pretty much a smoothie person in the morning. Um, if it's not that, it's oatmeal. So typically, if I feel like I'm going to be having a harder workout that day, I'll do oatmeal for breakfast um, just to give me some more food in my stomach. And anyway, back to the smoothie. 
I do use protein powder. Um, it is plant-based just to help get in that extra protein. Or if I'm going to have the smoothie after a really long run, just to replace the protein. Um, but other than that, we don't, we don't really feel like we're missing out on the protein. Um, I don't feel like I'm starving. <laughs> like even when I was doing my half, you know, like I said, the second half marathon training that I did last year, that was with a coach and the total mileage for the year was more than double than anything I've ever run before. So it was a nice little experiment because I was having to fuel a lot more. Um, in the beginning, I was feeling a little, a little hungry and I was like, Ooh, I didn't, I am not eating enough. I think I'm eating enough, but I'm not. Um, but you know, you learn as you go through it and it's just more grains, more vegetables, uh, PB and J's, man, that's where it's at. <laughs> good stuff the like that's that's probably one of my go-to snacks before a really long run when I was half training was slice of bread peanut butter and a couple of banana slices and you're gonna feel great (laughs) (laughs) and I'm always curious about I mean I know there's so many more people now that are on vegetarian vegan diets and I mean ultra marathons out there doing it like Scott Jurek. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there's obviously it's you, you can do it and you can do it very healthy, but it just always intrigues me just because it's not something I have experience with, you know, too much, but yeah, I mean, we're still very intrigued by it and we've been doing this for a few years. I mean, we are like anytime we hear a story about, you know, a plant-based runner typically is who we're following, but I mean, you know, he, my husband is much more into sports as far as basketball, football, things like that um, than I am. And, you know, he'll come home and tell me about a plant-based pro athlete. And it's like, I, I still get a smile on my face because it's like, that's so cool. Like, it's just more people showing you, you can do it and you can feel great doing it and you can do really well at it. And yeah. Absolutely. So you're training for this marathon. What marathon is it? <laughs> so I had always envisioned, I, I remember I told my husband, okay, 2021, I'm going to try a sprint try in, in the spring. And in the fall, I'm going to PR my half marathon. So 2020, or sorry, 2020, that was supposed to happen in 2020. And then 2021, I was like, I'm going to attempt a marathon that year. Because I'll have done all of this. It'll be easy peasy. Well, that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> um, and then the sprint try did not get rescheduled to this spring of 21. So I was like, well, what do I want to do? You know, I could just not do anything and not put that pressure on myself. And I'm like, that's not fun. Come on. We all like that pressure. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, I guess I could just stick to the plan, which was attempt my first marathon this year. And I think we had been talking about it and like that week Boston had posted on their Instagram about doing a virtual. And so I was like, I told him, I was like, okay, on day one, when they open it up, I'll try. I'll try to see if I can get in. Felt like all those uh, Comic-Con nerds where they're like clicking refresh every (laughs) second to get tickets. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I was like, I'll try. And you know, if after like an hour, I'm, I'm not in, it's just that I'm meant to be. Um, if I get in, then I'm running a marathon. <laughs> so literally I'm just sitting here 
probably shouldn't say this, I was working, but my laptop's <laughs> over here and I'm just clicking refresh. I signed on like two minutes after they opened it that morning. And it took about 45 minutes of refreshing. Wow. Shockingly, I'm like, I was two minutes late and it's already taking this long just for the virtual one. But the screen popped up. It caught my attention. I had, I had gotten so like used to the clicking that I wasn't even looking at that screen anymore. I'm like working at the same time, but I saw the screen change out of my peripheral and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and sure enough, I got in. I, w- I remember I called him. I'm like, I'm in. Should I finish completing like the application? Like, <laughs> should I do it? And he goes, yes. And I was like, okay. So then I hung up and then I finished and I paid and I'm like, I, I called him and I'm like, okay, I just paid. So we're, I'm officially doing it. Like there, there's no turning back now, but I guess there's turning back. But um, yeah, so right now the plan, so it's the virtual Boston, um, which I will, I'll throw this in there. It was quite disheartening. I think it was like, you know, within the, the next 48 hours after they had posted that, there were some people that were on Instagram saying, you know, this kind of discredits Boston because you're letting in us slow runners. <laughs> um, I unfollowed those people. <laughs> Good. Mostly because, you know, they were also the, some, some of those people also, you know, six months ago were talking about how your pace doesn't matter. And it's like, well, that's not what you're kind of portraying here. But for my own mental sanity and health, I just unfollowed them because I'm doing this and it's going to count in my opinion. Um, and I don't think it discredits Boston in any way, shape or form. But the plan is to right now just kind of do it out here in Albuquerque on the Bosque. But my husband keeps trying to convince me to go closer to sea level. <laughs> He's like, do all your training here and then you'll get down to sea level and you'll just fly and it'll be easy. And I was like, yeah, maybe. So I don't know. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't officially decided the route yet. Well, the first thing I want to say on that is I, I remember all of that talk on Instagram, Twitter, lots of running talk around it. And I, running is running and it's yeah. got Boston's name on it and that's all that should matter you know again I mean I think there are there people that are getting into it that may never have gone into it yeah you know you're not going to be running up Heartbreak Hill or anything like that but I right. don't think that that should put a damper on it you know like you said I mean this this whole past year and a half, I mean, Boston's now in the fall instead of, you know, in the spring when it normally right. would be like, none of this is normal. None of this is the way it should be. So I, that this is what they're doing and roll with it. And it still says Boston. And I am, you're going to be a Boston finisher, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. I'll even put virtual in parentheses in the front if it makes everybody feel better. <laughs> like, I'm not out here saying, yeah, I qualified for Boston and ran the Boston Marathon in Boston. Like, calm down, people. Calm down. <laughs> well, I think I think it's going to be awesome. And I, I mean, you'll definitely feel pretty amazing if you end up going down to, down to sea level after training yeah. up here. So... Whatever you end up doing, I think will be will be pretty 
pretty amazing and I mean it's definitely going to be a memory so agreed hopefully a good one I yeah <laughs> maybe not maybe not mile 23 24 but you know yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, is your husband going to run it with you? Is he going to bike? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We, uh, you know, it's funny. I was listening. I can't remember. It was some other podcast or interview on TV or something. But there was a the lady that was being interviewed. She was saying that she did her. She did the virtual Boston last year. And that was her first marathon. And it was a, a little worrisome because she was saying that she feels like there are more cons to pros than doing your first marathon virtual and by yourself. And I'm like, well, but you also have no other marathons to compare it to. So how do you know there's more cons than pros? I mean, you've got other races probably. I think she'd done obviously 5Ks, 10Ks, halves, yeah. stuff like that. But anyway, so now it, it kind of got in my head a little bit because I was like, oh, man, that's what I'm doing. Is this a bad idea? But there's perks and there's pros. I'm like, well, I can literally go to like go to the bathroom and then pop right out and start my watch and go. I don't have to stand there and wait at it like, you know, for 20 minutes for everybody to gather and for them to shoot the gun. And then we all go. Um, I don't have to double porta potties. I can make my, <laughs> I can make my route magically go past my house when I need to. <laughs> um, and I was also thinking, maybe this is something else that I haven't quite figured out. So, I I wore a vest, a hydration pack, um, when I did my first half, and then I used it a lot for all of my long runs last summer. And I don't quite know if I want to use that for the actual marathon. It's heavier, um, obviously, because it's filled with water and all of your stuff, like fuel. But then I'm like, well, how else will I get my water and my fuel now? Because it's not an official race. There's nobody there to, you know, none, none of the race aids and stuff to give that, give that stuff to you. But I'm like, well, my husband could just pop out on his bike and meet me out on the trail when I, you know, around mile X or whatever. And be like, here's your water. Here's your fuel. So I'm thinking that's the route I'm going to go. <laughs> um, but he has said that he's going to train a little bit for running so he can hopefully run the last 6.2 with me. Because he's like, I feel like that's when you're going to need me. Just need a person, anybody really, a friend. Like it could be a dog even. I don't even care. I'm just going to need someone, some living thing that can like, give me motivation and encouragement to keep going. So if we, so if we do it here, um, out on the Bosti, then that's kind of our draft plan right now. Well, that sounds like a, a great plan so far. And I think, uh, I'm excited to see, you know, follow the, the rest of the journey there on Instagram. I love how you're doing week one, day seven and putting like you yeah. know, each each thing it's it's just it's it's amazing you talk about you know those pros and cons of social media and and following you has definitely been a pro with how open you are for um I think other not only people that are in you know maybe newbie runners like you consider yourself but you know even even for me, it's just it's it can be motivating to see you out there and and working so hard to reach your goals. I think it it 
it um, doesn't have to be about time and pace, you know, like we talked about earlier. Well, thanks. That's nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think this is a great place to kind of wrap up. And so I have to ask you the last question I ask everybody, which is yeah. what are you listening to that gets you pumped, gets you motivated, gets you out that door for that long run or just gets you happy? My go-to, I'd say probably like the last month or two is a playlist that I don't even create. <laughs> it's uh, the Mint, M-I-N-T playlist on Spotify. And it's, I think they, in the description, have it labeled as dance hits. <laughs> um, so it's kind of your electronic techno. Do we still call that music techno? I don't know. I guess we don't. I guess it's called dance. Yeah. Um, electronic, but yeah. maybe. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's just a rotating mix of all of the new dance hits, I guess, that are coming out. And it's just, it's so, the beats are so good and it's just so upbeat all the time, which I need right now, especially with the heat that we are dealing with yeah. and kind of the time that I do go run, it's just, it's already so hot and it's like, Ooh, I just don't want to get out there, but I also really don't want to get on my treadmill. <laughs> so yeah, that playlist, uh, the mint playlist on Spotify has just been my ride or die lately. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to put it on and check it out. And it's good. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again for your time. This was a lot of fun. And I think we had plenty to talk about and we could have probably talked about a bunch more. So I think you I'm so happy you agreed to this. Is there any thank you. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Uh I don't think so. I mean, if I add something, then we'll go off on a tangent and just keep talking. So <laughs> I'll say no. <laughs> I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at RunningNewMexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.